0: It's the Bow Brothers for Two Shots on a Barrel. We can't thank you enough for Joining in and listening to our show today, we do want to remind you, go out there and give us a review. Isn't that important, J-Bo? It's
1: very important for us to grow and to uh, reach a larger audience, so please do it for us. We've
0: got a cool thing out on Facebook. we got a Facebook group you can join. You can uh, follow along with all kinds of crazy stuff that you put out there. <laughs> I,
1: you know, it's just the way it is. It's yeah. fun. It's good times. It's private, so uh, we we don't share anything off that page. It's strictly right there on Facebook two shots on a barrel family
0: yeah another cool thing we got we have some fantastic sponsors we'll showcase throughout the show today and we want to appreciate and show our respect for all of those and uh, <laughs> more information on that you'll be able to catch the ad or go to our facebook page and check those out there you go all right it's uh without further ado two shots on a barrel podcast Boys ain't much for working Two shots on a the barrel and they're talking about bourbon
2: Talking about a few other things That they don't know If you've got a question No need to ask They don't have
0: a clue So raise your glass Take a sip with the Bull Brothers Now it's on
2: with the show From the heart of central Kentucky The bourbon capital of the world it's two shots on a barrel with your host. A couple of hot shots of their own, the Bow brothers.
0: What's up, J-Bo? What's up, Jim? How you doing, buddy? Man, it's uh, it's all good. Um, Terry's song never gets old. I, I, I enjoy that little jingle. I find myself just kind of going around sometimes singing that. You know, I I love it as well, but I
1: want to challenge Terry to come up with a brand new one for next year.
0: Well He could do it. You think he can? He, he absolutely could do it. Uh, we got a great show today. Uh, we're we're excited about this one uh, for sure. Before we get into it, though, Jaybo, uh, do uh, want to kind of give a shout out to our newest sponsor, Good Buddies Brewing Company. Oh, we love that group over there. So good, and uh, they've got a cool event coming up on February twenty fourth. It is a one year anniversary of their of their opening back last year. All kinds of new brews. Ray has been working so hard uh, getting some new uh, brews out, and it's just going to be a big celebration on February 24th right there on Martin Luther King uh, Drive here in Lebanon. That's right. You can find more information on Facebook at Good Buddies Bring right
1: there, and the, they're going to have so many prizes to give away. I'm sure he'll come up here and steal some of our bourbon and give it away as well like he did last time. So yeah, It'll be a good time.
0: We've got a fun show we mentioned. Uh, this is one I've been looking forward to. Um, we, we've got really two, I mean, let, let's just call it two superstars. In, Legends. In, in the bourbon industry. Uh, and it's it's an honor just to have those guys uh, in here. Denny Potter, Jane Bowie, welcome to Two Shots on a Barrel. Great to have you guys in here.
3: Great to
4: be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is uh this is an encore show for you, Denny. It, is, it was yeah. back in October of 2020 that uh we we at that time you were with Makers and we were sitting down there in the what felt like an executive suite and <laughs> sipping on some of the treasures that was uh Maker's Mark and uh we we had a fun show. We've always wanted to have Jane on. Uh and then so it's just like I mean Two at one time, J-Bo. It's a, it's a
1: pleasure to have them both here. Thank you for coming. We've worked very long and hard to get you here. Finally, I mean, you've been a little busy. So uh, so I uh, thank you so much for coming. We really, really are happy that you're here.
0: I think the last time we ran into you guys maybe officially was, uh, well, we, we, we saw you on the big celebration uh, over at uh, uh, at when you just had a humongous party, field party, <laughs> it was so much fun. But I remember a time before that, we got together, and that was when essentially you guys were, were, were I, I don't know, do you call it celebrating uh, the retirement, was, uh, retirement was, from Maker's Smart? It was
4: our leaving due. Um, Rob Samuels had thrown us a party at the distillery. Um, it was our last day at Makers, and then we didn't want the party to end, so the whole crew went up to Cozy Corner there in Loretto. Um,
3: yeah, and you guys were doing, is it Kentucky Idol? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah we were doing the Idol. It was. Yeah.
1: We were so happy that night. Y'all were having a good time. We were having a
0: good time. It was a
1: it was good, good night for you guys.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you know, so you fast-forward – to what's been going on we talked about the the big celebration the the start of uh Potter Jane Distilling Company it was a huge party it was a great crowd <laughs> everybody was jovial and exciting and now when when was that i mean that just seems like yesterday That's, but
4: it was bourbon festival week so Bur- it was september
3: yeah it was the wednesday of bourbon festival week so
4: y'all are busy watching you guys host that barrel relay is so fun oh man.
3: Okay. it's you've changed it you've it's, changed
4: it's, it's so good
1: it is fun fun but it is hot hot yeah not <laughs> much there of you. a breeze right there no <laughs> man but we, we have a good time doing it uh we want to thank cooperage for having us every year and uh man it's bring it on we get it so excited when it comes to bourbon it's, festival time
4: when you take out-of-towners to that whether they like the industry or not, it's one of the most unbelievable things to see. Like, it's, it's personally my favorite event of all of it. Um, I just think getting to see the teams show off the skill and trade that they have. And Denny takes it very seriously.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is one of those things. I mean, you have, you know, these distilleries that, you know, operationally we all get along. Obviously, there's competition on the shelf, behind the bar, things like that. We don't worry too much about that. But barrel rolling, (laughs) it's a big competition. I mean, you guys obviously see it. It's in good fun. Everybody's cheering everybody on, but everybody wants to win. And I think the thing that, that I was always most proud of, whether it was Heaven Hill or Maker's Mark, was the amount of practice that we would put in for this and the teams would put in. And you would start practice June, July. So we would wait till it got really hot. Oh yeah, Um, and you know both places. I believe we would practice for two to four hours twice a week, Mm. leading up until the competition. And so it was just in that day, you know, it's about as nervous as I would ever. Oh my gosh! Watching you know the teams. They'd be like, sir, please back off. Well, they just (laughs) they put so much into it, and there's so many things that can go wrong. Yes that may or may not be in your control. And it's like, super it just, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, and You know, you're competing on a Rick that you've only literally practiced on for a couple hours, and so it's, it can be completely different. But, I mean, you know, to watch them go out, and especially to see them succeed and see how proud they are. You know, the families come out, take the pictures. You have so many people cheering them on. Again, you guys have turned it more into, like, it's just the energy is incredible, and it's constant, whereas before – You know, you roll, but then it takes a while to set up in between. Um, But the energy you guys provide for that competition has definitely changed. I I absolutely love
4: it. Denny's dying. Like, when are we going to have a team? We don't even have a distillery. But so our party was that week. We had broken ground in June, and everybody kept saying, when's your ribbon cutting? When's your groundbreaking? Do you need shovels? And I'll be honest, we were dreading it. We kept talking about the groundbreaking, and it sounded like such a drag, honestly, to have folding chairs and to be wearing dress-up clothing in the middle of a field. And so one day over lunch, we're like, we should just have a keg party. That sounds better.
1: That you're, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you, it was the best party ever. I mean, we've been to a lot of these distillery parties. Top-notch, guys. Oh, Top-notch. We, we had a ball.
4: And it was fun. It was – that week is so busy, and rarely – you know, ISC used to do that concert that was kind of the time for the distilleries to come together, and they don't do it anymore. And so it ended up being a lot of our peers from other distilleries, mm-hmm, right. and it was kind of just a nice time for everybody to get together in a hectic week. Yeah. So we've already been told we have to do it again.
3: Yeah, we we had an annexation hearing in Washington County probably a month ago, and I mean it it wasn't official but they kind of made it a condition of the annexation was <laughs> you have to keep having the field yes. party. Yeah. And we're like all right we can do that. We were already thinking about doing it anyway. Except it just won't be necessarily about us. It'll just be about the community and and um the industry and you know free beer and fried chicken from Greg Sims and Oh I mean so little good.
0: did you know you were creating a, a new tradition in Washington County, right? Hopefully. Right. Right. I, mean, I mean how cool is that? Yeah. All right, so we got we got to we got to kind of back up a little bit. Uh, You guys obviously worked together at Maker Smart,
4: two different times.
0: Two different times,
4: yeah.
0: Uh, Both of you had every reason to stay where you were. You were extremely successful. You were uh, by your peers respected. By people in the industry, you you had every reason just to stay right and could have been every bit, you know, continued to, the success. But at some point, there had to be this mutual thought process that said, you know what, we want to do something else. How did how did that come to be?
4: Uh, I think to kind of play on what we talked about with the people that came out to that field party. I think it's one of those industries you kind of find kindred spirits. The people that love it just love it. Mm-hmm. And when I started at Maker's Mark in March of 2007, you were running the distillery, right? Yeah. You were working under Dave Pickerel, running all of...
3: Yeah, because Steve, Steve Nally was distillery manager and master distiller, and then he retired retired the end of 2003 and that's when I was quality and environmental manager and when Steve said he was retiring is when I went over and politicked for taking over for him in the distillery or not taking over but just <laughs> filling a spot um, for the most part but yeah that's what I was doing in oh seven.
4: and then I came in I was hired by Bill and Rob Samuels to be the global brand investor for Maker's Mark and I wasn't from the industry so bill and true bills like little lady you better go learn what's going on down here so the first two months they put me to work in the distillery so when i went in to the distillery denny's running everything and trained me um and we were fast friends mm-hmm. i mean it was um i just loved it i was 25 years old i mean how old were you then
3: um, like fifty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, that's what you tell me anyway. I was thirty three. You've maybe. been fifty. You've been
4: fifty eight my whole life. Um, but and so you know, I think we talk about we were fast friends. I went to London and I worked in the UK for five years. You went to Cruisin, stayed in touch, friends. You know, and you play distillery fantasy camp a lot, like if I were going to go do this, where mm-hmm. would I do it? And what would I do? And would we you rehab or would you build? And, and then you came back to makers in 18, 18. And, um, we were, I mean, we were counterparts. Like we worked together closely every single day. Um, and I don't, and we were neighbors and, you know, COVID your, your, your bubble socially is mm-hmm. whoever you're allowed to breathe on during the day basically, which my husband worked at Makers as well. So the three of us, you know, would drink and hang out and we just,
3: yeah, I mean, it's, I I think we both ended up there together, but a little bit different, a little bit separate. I mean, different
4: motivations. Yeah. I mean, I,
3: you know, I've been in the industry for a while, you know, I'm in my 27th year and I'd only worked for two companies. I'd worked for you know, Beam Centauri and a lot of different iterations of Beam Centauri. It's called Beam Centauri now. Um, a lot of different plants within uh Beam Centauri, and then the other one was was Heaven Hill, right? And I think for me, um, you know, you get involved in these operations, and these are generational operations. You know, that maybe they're not privately held anymore, but they were started by families and typically still if they don't own it they still have families that are involved in it so i can remember my very first day in the industry i met fred no because i started out as a lab tech at jim beam and when i you know fred walked me in had no idea who i was i didn't know really who he was and you know fred we walked in together so you know immediately you're hearing about you know i got to meet booker obviously she had booker and fred and um the nose and you know uh, you had Baker Beam is delivering grain and yeah, you know, you're just meeting all these people. Then at Maker's Mark you got the Samuels, uh, go down to Crucian, you got the Nelthrips, you go to Maker's Mark, or I'm sorry, you go to Heaven Hill, you have the Shapiras, and then you have the Beams as well, Parker and Craig. And I mean it's just one of those things, like you hear these generational stories and you know, it was it really was one of those man, it would be incredible to start something like that. Not meaning that we're, you know, that we're handing it down to our kids or anything like that, but starting an operation that in these communities is a generational operation. Because I think one of the coolest things in our industry, especially around here, is the families are generational that work in these distilleries. Whether it's in the distillery, on the bottling line, in the warehouse. I mean, I could those were your best hires, if they had a family member that was working, you know, at Makers or at Heaven Hill, they typically were your best hires because their family would keep them in line. You know, if there were, <laughs> were issues with attendance or anything <laughs> yeah. like that, you never had to say a word because somebody was pulling them aside going, listen, man, like you're not just working for yourself. You know, you're you're a direct reflection of me. And you got to remember, this place is going to be around for another generation. You want your kids to get on here, too. So... I don't know. I mean, I think it was just that whole thought and then you know, COVID definitely gets you thinking about man, what you know, what how am I going to finish up my career? And you know, for me I just turned 50 this year, so I knew I was I was approaching 50 at the time. And it's like, you know what, if you're really going to go do something, you got to do it now. I mean, mm-hmm. this isn't something where, you know, you build it within a couple months and you flip a switch and you're making alcohol and then it's on the, you know, it's in the market within a year. I mean, these are you know 2 years to build minimum you make it age it 4 years you're already 6 years out i mean it you know it's just one of those things like you can't and you can't just sit around and wait for things to happen you either go do it or you're happy doing what you're doing which we were mm-hmm. absolutely i mean
4: we were and we had the greatest education you could have as far as how an operation and a brand could work together um when you look at what bill and rob and Bill and Margie before them created over the last 70 years. I mean it was I was there seven almost 17 years. That's the only place I ever worked. And you felt like you knew how to be great in this industry because of where you came from and as bittersweet as it was to leave and it was it was hard to leave. It also the inspiration was coming from what we had seen and been a part of and to this day, my biggest cheerleader is Rob Samuels, 100%. Um, and that feels pretty great to, to be able to say that. And then we knew four years in, we could fight, we could disagree, our skills complemented, and we would come out on the other side. And the brand was usually better for us, I mean, duking it out over certain things, right? Um, so I think there was a trust there. At the beginning, it was rough, though.
3: It <laughs> gets tested every day. It yeah.
4: gets tested every day.
0: So, which, which leads to a, a, a perfect segue to this question. Uh, Denny, what is a, one or two qualities that Jane has that, that Potter Jane Distilling Company is going to need that you don't have? And I'll ask that same question to Jane about Denny.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a couple things. Um, her her love of change is something that we need, you know, just that adaptability, that want to change or be better, or um, you know, I think that's you know that's definitely one because that is not how I operate. Um, and then you know, I think the other is just you know her creativity. Um, You know, it's, I've always been, you know, 100% operations, right? Which, in operations, especially the ones the size that I've been involved with, it, I mean, it's about, again, these are generational operations, not like we just started up. You know, your number one goal, and Bill Samuels used to say this all the time, is don't fuck it up, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so you're literally trying to come in and do the same thing every single day to make the same high-quality liquid with, a big team of people so that was you know that's always been my focus and then Jane's creativity whether it was you know she created you know the makers mark private select program all the wood finishing stuff the um, lots of different things that that, you know makers has produced and probably will produce um, from an innovation standpoint so I, I know that that is a gap for me because I am so in the weeds on making sure we do things the right way every single day and I think That was a big one. As we talked about stepping out and doing something, I'm like, these are—I knew personally that these were, you know, these were areas that I I just needed some help on. Right, Jane? Right.
0: Right. I I, I think she's analyzing that. I think she likes the answer. Now she's uh, thinking about how she's going to answer for
3: you. Yeah, she she doesn't have two.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I have 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 more. I have more. I have more than two. Um, the fact that you are steady, I mean, I am, I like change and, you know, if you look at my career, it was a zigzag and it was weird and I drove Bill and Rob nuts. I drove every, I was never winning homecoming queen at Maker's Mark. Um, (laughs) but your, how good you are in operations and I saw a lot of different people come through that, that place and it's not just how good you are on the technical side. It's how great of a people manager. Um, because at the end of the day, you managed 300 people. That place, you know, everyone that was there, they came up through you. And how you operated within it, how you made others around you great. Like that, I, I am, that is not me. I am like, here's a project, let's go. Okay, it's over, on to the next And I think um, it is a yin and yang, and I think we have really specific swim lanes, I guess. But, um, you know, when it comes to collaborating, we love tasting whiskey together. Our palates completely are different. Our strengths are different. Um, You know, I think we push each other in nice ways. But, no, I could, I mean, and you're really good in front of people which is always not a guarantee because the master distiller title at makers was always very grounded in operations and i don't know if you know this engineers are not always the most interesting people you meet um so, not that you're an engineer, although I thought I thought you More were interesting. So, I thought you were um, an engineer. Like the first 12 years, I knew you. A lot of people do. I'm just an incredible.
3: I, I, I like had like, a whole like, back. Kind of you I a had a
4: whole way. backstory. I like completely made up your whole background. And then one day, I was telling someone, and you're like, "This isn't even kind of right." Yeah.
5: Who are you describing? I was like, business?
4: "He's an environmental engineer, and this is his journey." And he was like, "I was a biologist in Indiana. I'm like, "Really?" really
0: yeah <laughs> that is so funny that is so funny like i wrote
4: a bio for you when you came to london once and you were like this is just wrong <laughs> like, did you just did, copy and get, paste this dude, from you were like, the last where guy you, that was here you were like where did you get this i said i guess i just made it up one night it sounded really good
5: <laughs>
0: that is so funny that's great <laughs> Oh That's my right. goodness gracious! What what a what a time! I think it's a perfect time, Jabo, to talk about when, when you th- listen when when people talk to me about Jane, uh, I, I'm just going to tell you what they say. They'll say Jane took Maker's Mark to a different level. Okay, with so many because I went on a tour uh, of few months back. And, and and for years and years and years, it was Maker's Mark, right? It was the quality juice that Maker's Mark put out year after year, bottle after bottle. And then it was, am I not right? When Jane kind of came on board and started, then you started having all of these other type of Maker's
4: Actually, Denny was part of 46. I was there during 46, but I did not. I was in Europe at the time. So 46 was kind of the tiptoe in. And then I was kind of tasked from there to think bigger and different, I guess. But you were... Part of the team with Bill that created forty six, yeah, which Kev- was the, yeah, Kevin the, which Smith, was the first myself, true innovation, Diane, and Bill, it was very yeah. ahead of its time.
0: Yeah. So the forty six was kind of like Bill's. It was, this is going to be Bill's, my legacy, his swan,
4: swan song. song. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. you owe me a bottle of champagne. I don't know. You crap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, that's such bullshit. <laughs> um, no, that yeah, that was. I mean, and that did. You know, that was that was that was kind of our permission to go look at something a little bit different. But we had very strong guidelines set by Bill. It's not like he was just, hey, go figure it out. No, it was very, very prescriptive about what he wanted and a little bit of how we were going to do it, um, which, you know, it kind of led into, obviously, what what Jane led, but not even close. I couldn't believe it, like, you know, because obviously I'd left – I got shipped down to Cruisin, which was part of the same company, and then had the stand at Heaven Hill for a little while. So when I came back, I knew that Makers had started a barrel program because that was, you know, starting to be a big deal. I was doing a lot of barrel picks at Heaven Hill for Elijah Craig or, you know, we did a few others and things like that. But those are one of those, and they're fun. But you line up five barrels, and a group comes in, they sample all five, and they say, that's the one I want. So when I had heard that Makers was doing a barrel program, I thought, well, I, why is that a a big thing because they rotate their barrels right you you could have you know five 12 year old barrels from heaven hill but whether it spent all its time at the top of a warehouse or middle or bottom and depending on which warehouse they could all taste drastically different whereas makers because they rotate the barrels all the barrels typically taste the same so i'm like i don't know why i mean what i don't know why people are interested until i really came back and saw what jane had created which was you know the wood finishing aspect of it and how they had these different stave profiles and how you can introduce that into a barrel and people could create their own, their own version. And they were already well into the wood finishing series stuff. Like it was pretty, I was incredibly impressed because I didn't know much about wood finishing at all. I mean, it just outside of the 46 project, I, I didn't know that people were even playing around with this and makers pretty much led the way on that. I'd say. Wow. So the bottle that that bo brought today
0: was the community bottle, uh, something that you guys had a little bit of involvement in, right? A little bit. <laughs>
4: it's an interesting one. You know, one of the things, um, and really the innovation, it was Rob and I. I mean, I was Rob's first hire at Makers. His dad was still running things. He and I were together from pretty much day one. And so um, when he would kind of be like, maybe we should go do something, he'd be like, see what you can do. Because I always wanted to be in liquid. I came from sales and marketing, and I nagged my way into the Mm -hmm. liquid to be a blender eventually. And um, this was the first time ever the liquid didn't lead the concept led my very best friend in the world who we started three days apart at maker she's still there her name's valerie netherton she led and still does uh partnerships and all the philanthropic and give back at the distillery she'd be a great person to have on this show she's fascinating and she came to us and said i work with the lee initiative it's um what started as a way to get particularly women kind of trained up in the culinary industry when COVID hit, all these restaurants started shutting down and people didn't have health insurance and they didn't have a way to pay bills. And so they set up these relief kitchens all over where they would give out food every night, diapers, um, any kind, anything you needed to restaurant workers. Um, and she took it and said, okay, we can just keep giving money, but that's, there's only so much money we can just give away. We need a better idea. What are we good at? And we were like, we're good at making whiskey. (laughs) Like, this is what we do. So she kind of challenged us with come up with something we could sell to generate buzz. So we took the concept of these communities were coming together to help each other during this really – awful time and an unprecedented time right in history and um one of the things i'm a big scotch drinker as well i I lived in the uk for five years um i i really love a lot of things that happen in scotch and vatting was a big thing that you saw in scotch that we didn't talk a lot about where you're taking different whiskeys and you're putting them together and then you're giving them time to be something else So, we took that concept of communities coming together. We asked about 34 restaurants to to donate their private select recipe, participate. We laid down their barrels, their individual single barrel recipes. Denny then agreed from a warehouse perspective, we could dump them and re-barrel them, put them back in the cellar for an additional point of time to let it mature into something even different. Wow. And... I mean, it was a pain in the ass to make. Like, it was very labor-intensive. But those 34 barrels raised about $2.4 million. Wow. gosh. We donated 100% of the bottles to the Lee Initiative. They sold them. I mean, we put up the money to make the whiskey, didn't make a dime off of it. And the whiskey turned out great, which was convenient.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. What a a great story. At
1: the time, it was really hard to find this bottle. Yeah. Really, I mean, you had to know somebody. And uh, luckily, I knew somebody (laughs) uh, that could give me this bottle. Thank you, Michael
0: May. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Oh, I love Michael May.
0: We're going to take our first break and uh, join the show, hanging out with uh, Denny and Jane. And we're going to talk about what's going on in their world right here and now. Uh, We'll talk about... Potter Jane Distilling Company. you think we could talk about that
1: deer that was uh, murdered That's, on their property? Might be something else we'll good talk to about talk about. about.
0: Yeah. We got a lot of other things we could talk about too: <laughs> tattoos, <laughs> toothbrushes, all those fun things. <laughs> we'll be back on two shots. All right, so j I found out the um, the older you get, the more kids, as your kids grow older, you suddenly have a damn fleet
1: of vehicles. <laughs> and, and the both of us, man, we can tell you all about it. Uh, we both have brand new 16-year-olds hitting the road. So uh,
0: let me tell you how often we're visiting big old tires these days. And it's important when you got your 16-year-old out on the road, you have good tires. Oh, absolutely. And the place to go, we know, is big old tires of Lebanon and Barstow. That's right. Billy Taft has been doing this a long,
1: long time. If you want advice on getting the perfect tire for the perfect vehicle, go
0: to Billy Taft first at Big Old Tire. And not only can they supply you with some great tires, they also can do oil changes, Mm -hmm. brake work, you name it. And here's the cool thing that really impressed me when I visited Billy Taft and Big Old Tires for the last time. That dude is customer service extraordinary.
1: Absolutely, he's been like that uh, as long as I've known him. I've known him a long time. He's a great guy, just like off the court than he is on the court. He's just a plus, and I love that dude. He's he's really really genuine, and he knows his tires and. If you're having problems. Let's say, let's say this weather is crazy. Okay, it's raining a bunch. Go in there and let him put new windshield wipers on your car. Besides going and try and do it yourself, I'm I'm speaking by experience here, Jim. Yeah, it's it's, no. it's a terrible terrible thing to do putting no. wipers on yourself. Uh-uh.
0: No, big believer in big old tires of Lebanon and barstown right here in the heart of Bourbon Country. If you're in for the bourbon trail, your card kind of messes up on you, go see our friend, Billy Tapp. Pit stop. It's all it is. Pit stop. You're in and out and uh, off to the uh, next distillery. There you go. Big old tires of Lebanon and Bardstown, a proud sponsor of Two Shots on a Barrel. All right. So one thing we've learned on Two Shots is it's important to know where to go when you need a good attorney. general. Yes, sir.
1: It's very important nowadays. We've had to get one of our own here lately. And, uh,
0: we got the best in the business. We absolutely do. And we found out one morning when you go visit Don McCauley, you better enjoy bourbon and stick around for a while. Because not only is she very good and an expert attorney, she also knows her
1: bourbon. She does know her bourbon, and she knows where to get it, and she will not tell me where the secret stash is located. But well, that's
0: okay. But she'll bring out many of the unicorns that she has in her yes. house, and we enjoy spending time with her. But on a serious note, We know that uh, folks listening out there need to have good legal representation. Don McCauley. Don McCauley, you are right. 144 West Main
1: Street in Lebanon, Kentucky. Her phone number is 270-692-0684. If it's legal anything, she will take care of it. She will
0: be there for you, and she will be the voice that you need to get through this situation. We're talking real estate law. We're talking business law. We're talking anything criminal related, yes. uh, divorce, you name it, bankruptcy. Any of those things, Don McCauley can
1: take care of you. If, if if you're nervous and you just don't know which way to go, if you need that voice, call Don McCauley. Once again,
0: 270-692-0684. Yeah, good stuff right here in bourbon country. Don McCauley law office of don mccauley thanks
6: marion county trail could be the best value in bourbon themed travel in kentucky you'll experience one of the kentucky bourbon trails crown jewels one of the bourbon trail craft tours top rated stops and something you can't find anywhere else organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility all in one place it's the marion county trail take your time to tour dine shop and stay all along the way Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail craft tour. Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon-aging flavor. And Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed and breakfast to bourbon themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission, 270-692-0021.
0: Back to Two Shots. Um, sad day in country music, j Yeah, big time. And Toby Keith uh, passed away, age 62 years old. Uh, so sad. He battled stomach cancer uh, for, for the last few years anyway. But uh, you, know, you talk about, I think I read today, 31 number one hits. Got a Toby pretty Keith. cool
1: story about Toby Keith, man. When I was in Nashville at a private event, and... Uh, Got a call saying, hey, can you be at this event? Because Toby's going to do a private show, and we need somebody to represent the station. So I said, yeah. So I went catch a taxi. Well, there was only one taxi, so the Bellamy brothers needed a taxi as well. They were going to the same place. So I got to ride with the Bellamy brothers <laughs> to go see
4: obviously
0: Toby Keith. And, man, we had a ball. Had a ball. Did you ever get to hang out with uh, Toby and Willie and smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Are you? Yes. No,
1: never got to hang with Willie, man, but uh, I hear it's a good time. Here's yeah. a real good time. I
4: sing Bye Bye Love the whole way there? Oh, what man,
1: Bellamy Brothers, my favorite. I was like, couldn't talk. That's the Everly
4: Brothers. Who, what did the Bellamy Brothers sing?
3: Uh, Redneck Girl? Yes. Yeah, yeah man. You've got to check out. There's a picture that somebody posted on Facebook. Of Willie Nelson was at Heaven Hill because they did Whiskey River. Did you see saw it? that? Yeah. Did you see so his shorts? His yes. shorts were crazy. Did you see his
1: shorts? <laughs> it didn't make sense. Oh, <laughs> it did not make sense. No, I wish I never saw it. it was, I wish I never yeah. saw that picture. It's yeah. like your great great grandpa overweight, but it had his shorts up past his belly button. That those kind of gym shorts, shorts like, You
4: know what? Willie Nelson can wear whatever yeah, the hell yeah, he right. wants to.
3: He can, doesn't mean he should. <laughs> yeah, like facts. Yeah, and he what, was what, he what
0: was I mean, probably what like in his fifties or sixties. Yeah. It looked like when that when that was taken. But I, I, mean, I just know. thought it was the coolest picture. It is. Is so, cool. but like I said, you need to stay from the waist up. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was, don't it was don't, in, don't go down.
3: He was in the bottling house, so they were bottling whiskey. River It's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. The only I, thing cooler than that is
3: having Michael May
1: jump in and sit with us. That's yeah. pretty cool too. How you doing, Mr. May? It's
0: like a it's like a homecoming, uh, hey, Michael. Uh, one of our uh, what maybe our second show ever on Two Shots on the Barrel. Michael May was in was was on Two Shots uh, and talking about his dream job and how he he would work for nothing and and all those Sorry. things Sorry. And, and so. And now here we are, and he, he's back with uh, Denny and Jane, and it's just a it's a it's a homecoming party. What uh,
3: kind of feedback did you all get from the four people that listened to that episode? <laughs> they
2: hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they hated every minute of it. I, just, I heard
3: actually it was pretty. Yeah, did up pro- running
2: with. Um, um, you know, little yep, bit. Right. Yeah, for what we call the amateur piece of it. So, you
0: know. yeah, we got we got two. You know, we got like the celebrity, which is you know the Jane and 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 Denny's of the world, and then we got the Chad Spaldings, and Michael Mays, and, yep. and and that side of it. That's okay though. You know, it's like the NIT, but but you're in the Somebody's top. Of, in. That's right.
4: I don't know, Chad Spalding. You guys, we don't do anything without you all. Chad Spalding gives me a bad barrel. The rest is. Screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) Chad's awesome. I love Chad's Chad's the best.
0: Well, uh, speaking of uh, Toby Keith, another interesting fact of Toby Keith before we get back in and talking about Potter Jane Distilling Company. Uh, I did not realize this, though. You know, with the Super Bowl coming up, the Niners and the Chiefs, and the big debate, of course, is whether uh, Taylor is going to make the trip back from Japan to be in attendance at the Super Bowl. But I did not realize this back at the wee age of like 13 14 years old it was Toby Keith and his record label that gave Taylor Swift her her first opportunity. Wow. So that 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 was incredible i thought and so bringing it all full circle now you got the the Toby's death and you got the, the dilemma with uh, Taylor and whether she's going to the Super Bowl and Travis and all that. Good stuff. Uh who's your pick Jane in the Super Bowl? Do you really care or do you have oh, a pick?
4: Oh, i'm a big sports fan. Um I, I wouldn't have necessarily chosen either of these. I'm a Titans fan, so I'm basically a masochist. Um, but I probably have to go with the Chiefs just because we had a long-standing relationship with them in my former work life. And I have a lot of friends in Kansas City. So
0: so go Chiefs, right? And I'm
4: friends with the CFO of the Chiefs, kind of, through a mutual love of whiskey. Well,
0: heck far. You're all right, a superstar over there. No, but, you know, you're not going to be up there with Taylor, are you? No, okay. But I
4: have been to Arrowhead, and as much as I wanted to hate it, it's an amazing atmosphere. It's a cool stadium.
3: Denny, what's your thoughts
0: on the oh, Super Bowl?
3: Man. I mean, I'm I'm a Colts fan, so God, you're a bigger I masochist typically masochist than me now. would pull for the AFC. I'm pretty neutral. I mean, you know, you, you see, the Chiefs have had a lot of success, but. Um, it wouldn't be so bad to see the Niners win one. I mean, I you know it. I just hope for a good game, and yeah. I think it will be. I, you know, I, it, it should be entertaining. I mean, that's what you want. You yeah. want a Super Bowl that rolls into the fourth quarter and it's somewhat close. And I love um, the Niners. As I'm a pretty kid. indifferent though. Like
4: Jerry Rice, watching like those Steve Young, Jerry Rice years. Deion Sanders did like one year there when they won the Super Bowl and were so amazing. And that. I mean, I loved them as a kid because we watched them on TV. Well, right? I mean,
3: and the, what a what an incredible story that Mr. Irrelevant is going to be the quarterback in yep. the Super Bowl. Right? I love that. And, and, and the guy was in the running for MVP. I mean, I, what an incredible story that is. Yes. Michael May,
1: we know you had the most money on this
0: game. Tell us who you're picking. <laughs> Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> I like you, 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 uh, do you, is that is Is that who you are for or who you believe that is going to win the game, Michael?
2: Yeah, I don't think you can go against Pat Mahomes in the postseason. Until somebody else beats them.
0: Well, the Bengals aren't in it, and the Bengals yeah. are the only team that have been able to show that they can beat Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. And, and so, I, I'm Jabo. Bo, what, what, who are you pulling for? Uh, my, my daughter, uh, big Swifty
1: fan. So it looks oh, like, dude. uh, we're going to sit there and yell for Taylor's team. All right.
0: You, you, you're going along. Yeah, I'm just going to go for that. That's okay. It,
1: it don't really matter.
0: All right. I'm, I'm going for the Niners despite, uh, I go back, uh, few years when joe montana yeah. was the quarterback and he beat my Bengals, if, if you remember 89 yeah, yeah. so despite that i am going anti uh travis kelsey pat mahomes and and pulling for the niners even though i'm an afc guy uh go niners on this one so all right hello so, uh back to potter jane distillery company a lot of excitement the last time we were over there, it, it was excitement about getting started. I mean, some, some dirt had been moved and and, and things like that. But kind of give us an update. Maybe early on we were talking, what, maybe January 2025? How's things cooking?
3: I mean, we have, we have been incredibly lucky um, for a couple reasons with construction. You know, we broke ground in June. But our, the Kentucky weather the last seven or eight months, excluding – the you know the cold weather we had a few weeks ago and, and the snow but
4: they were still digging the sewer then
3: yeah i mean we just i mean the, the weather's cooperated uh we didn't hit a lot of rock um you know when we're doing a lot of the excavating and moving dirt and around and you know getting pouring the footers and doing things like that so we are still on schedule um for a january 2025 startup i mean it's probably even more locked in now than it was before uh the budget's looking good because we didn't hit a lot of rock. You I know, mean,
4: it's all going to sink into the ground because we just said this. Yeah, I mean, well,
3: <laughs> the timeline might <laughs> shift, but, you know, we spent, you know, we spent a considerable amount of time on the design portion of this before we even broke ground.
4: Like five meetings on a mop
3: sink. Yeah, I mean, so because we wanted <laughs> to make sure that, one, that, you know, we designed this thing the way we wanted it, and we wanted it to – be an incredibly efficient operation. And when we when we talk efficiency, you know, efficiency sometimes you relate to cutting corners or making more with less. And no, that's not not what it's about. It's literally building a distillery that makes sense. It's more linear, it's more shotgun style. It's literally you go from grain to mashing to fermentation to distillation to cistern. Less
4: time in the pipes, less to, contamination. Yeah,
3: to the barrels get loaded out. So it's literally like a shotgun style. And so we spent a ton of time on that. Um, Music Construction is building our distillery. They've got an incredible team um, that that helps you in this process. So it's looking great, man. I mean, it's a, you know at the end of the day, we didn't think uh, when we jumped into this that it was going to be a fifty million dollar distillery, but it's you know it's going to be it's fifty million dollars, <laughs> yeah. And that that's just to get operational, right? Like that's just to make distillate and have enough warehouse space for one year's production. The reality of it too is, you know, everybody's always like, "Oh, you guys are going to build a great distillery. You know, you're gonna, you know, you got, you're gonna have money coming in. All this and my God, this is weird, dumb as shit to be doing this because the amount of money. So it's fifty million to get operational. It's another eighty million over the first five years, just to build warehouses to keep up with capacity, and then also build a bottling house. And then right? you're
4: still buying barrels and grains. Yeah, then, and-
3: yeah, you've got all these costs on the balance sheet. That are just carrying and accumulating, and oh by the way, your goddamn inventory is evaporating. So I mean, it's the worst business model you could ever hope for. But um, but we knew this. We, we knew were it just going the in. Idiots to try. We them. knew it going in. You know, we've got incredible support from a bank, from some investors, and it's we could not, we couldn't script it any better up to this point. Like we've been very blessed with how things are playing out and the people we have involved and the team that we have. and
4: I mean, our um, project manager, I would say we got lucky on weather, we got lucky on site. And then to Denny's point, the team building this is phenomenal. And, I mean, and we've been lucky with the community. Um, yeah. So neither, how did you end up there? We, um, you know, we both live in Bardstown. And when we started looking, I mean – One of the big things, and this is not sexy, but you need utilities, right? Mm -hmm. It's a distillery. You need utilities. So one of the things was like, okay, you got to go somewhere that that can actually supply water and electricity and be able to have sewage and all the things you need to run a distillery every day. We also didn't want to move, so we drew a circle around the Bourbon Trail. I'll never forget this. I printed out a map of Kentucky. We sat down and said okay, here's kind of the bourbon trail. Here's where we live. Here's what feels like an okay commute. And then it was a kind of a conversation of like, do you fish where the fish are or do you go build a new pond? And when we started looking, you know, we knew Washington County because obviously driving Manton to makers every day, you're in Washington County until right when you get on the property. A lot of the employees. So, you know... We had our Christmas party at Mordecai's every year. And we were like, why are there no distilleries there? What's going on over there? Mm -hmm. So we honed in on it pretty early. And when we went to the industrial park, um, they said, listen, economic development said, there's five acres left. We're like, five acres? What are we going to do with five acres? So we said, well, who owns this farm and who owns that farm? And... They said, we'll introduce you. If they like you, maybe they'll sell you some land. It's not for sale. And actually, the community came together. They really wanted a distillery. They had seen it happening all around them, and the county just kept getting passed over. When you look to here in Lebanon Mm -hmm. and Marion County, obviously Nelson, but then you go east now with Danville and Harrodsburg and Garrett County and everything happening, they couldn't understand it, and so... These landowners and families that are from there banded together and actually helped us put together that 153 acres because they believed in what we were doing and they just wanted to create opportunity for the county and the community. So it's, it's been humbling in that sense.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Daniel Carney runs economic development. Oh, he's lovely. In Washington County, so he was instrumental. They were, and they were very close to getting Diageo. You know, the Diageo facility that was built here in Marion County, it literally was down to those two areas and part of the property in the industrial park was actually some of what we bought. So they were, you know, they were very close. And 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 now granted, they will tell you, they had to do a lot of infrastructure work to get to the point that they could even think about it. If you build it, it, they will come. And so they had done some of that work. They were close to getting Diageo. And what was incredible was once it was a little, it was public, a little bit public that we had bought the property. All of a sudden, we get a call from Drew Colesveen at Willet, <laughs> going, Jesus, we just bought, it. you know, we bought 150 acres that's literally like very close to you guys. And then what we didn't, we knew this, but Mictors owns 300 acres Ooh. right there. So you've got our 153. We are connected to Mictors. And they're three hundred, and they are connected to Willett, and they're one hundred and fifty. Wow. So you literally can walk from our property through Mictors over to Willet, and so you have these three operations, or these you know these three privately owned distilleries for the most part that are in Washington County, and I mean it looks like Willett will probably be open you know be operating about the same they already got warehouses yeah i think um,
4: they'll do something really
3: cool so yeah oh yeah i mean they're you know drew and that the whole family and what will it does and what they've done in bardstown to see them do that in washington county is going to be fun and impressive i mean it We'll kind of ride a little bit of the curtails because we just have enough money to get operational. (laughs)
4: We'll be like, here we are. Isn't that pretty over there?
3: (laughs) Yeah, our visitor experience is going to be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's literally going to be, hey, you want to come sit in my office and taste a little whiskey? You know, it's just going to be... I might have a beer
4: in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Right, right. You want to go for a ride?
4: (laughs) We go for that. We walk. (laughs) But the land's beautiful. We got really lucky on the property. I don't know if you guys got to look around much mm-hmm. sure when you were at the party. Yes. But it's up on a hill. Um, when we took Donald Blinko from Music up there for the first time to say this is where we want to be build the distillery, he looked at us and said, Really? Really guys? Just <laughs> seriously, there's not a flat piece of land to be found. So but the airflow, like for maturation, you'll you'll be thanking us
3: later. Yeah, here it's it's we have good fun with it because you know, we, we bring a lot, a lot of people want to have meetings for whatever reason, right? Like, it's you know, there's so many things involved in building a distillery <laughs> and trying to set things up for, you know, 40 employees. And and so we mandate, well, if we're going to meet, we're going to meet at the property. And you guys know how cold it's been this year outside yes. the last week. And then week. it's like
4: 30 mile per hour winds yeah. on top of that. So
3: Everybody gets out and we're showing them, you know, obviously we've got the footers poured and all the other stuff going on and everybody's looking at it and we're like, all right, so what, what did you want to talk about? And they're so cold. First off, they can barely talk, but they want to talk <laughs> so fast. So we have like five-minute meetings. We cover everything we need to cover. That's
4: coming from the school of Bill Samuels. Yeah. And then,
3: awesome. then we're back in get our vehicles. I'm
1: like, let's get out of here.
3: <laughs> Look, uh,
1: you picked the best of the best when it comes to uh, people who are building this for you. The Blinkos, yeah. there's nobody like the Blinko family. Oh, they're great. From Donald to his mother. Yeah, uh, Donald, They yeah. call her Go-Go. Yeah. And uh, w- once I saw them at your you're a field party
3: i knew you were in good hands yeah they're they're wonderful people yeah i mean you know it it, when when we were thinking about doing this way back when you know donald was one of the first people that we approached just to just to pick his brain about it because we knew that musics had built Luxrow, they built bbc they were building or i think they might have been done with log still um and you know we were just curious and You know, he was somebody that, you know, they've just been incredibly supportive from day one. And then to be able to work with their team on this project, it's just, it's been fun. Like, you know, you would think that a $50 million project will be incredibly stressful. And it is. It's stressful. But our funnest days are when we're with the project team, like digging into the blueprints, digging into, you know, all these things. And we just have a great time. Like, they're, they're very, very good at what they do. They've proven it. And um, and they have fun doing it. No and egos. They have no egos and and in it, this whole thing.
4: And it's like you talked about earlier, though. It's the generational, right? They're a generational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same mm-hmm. with the Boswells and mm-hmm. ISC here in Lebanon. Same with the Shermans at Vendome. It's it's all very, um, and everybody's just excited for what we do. You know, it's it's a mutual love. So yeah, it it's great.
0: You know what, uh, me and Jay Bo are excited about, right? What? We're excited about the juice. Oh, yes. Right? Oh,
4: yes. You should be excited. We about should
0: the juice. be. And I know that is one of your passions, yep. Jane Bowie. Uh, tell us about what your vision of the juice is going to be like.
4: So, our vision, we talked a lot about this, and it's so funny because I think. Coming from an innovation background, I think people were like, "What's your hook? What? What? What is it? What's your gimmick? What are you? What are you going to do?" Right? And the truth is, this may sound boring, and we're okay with that. But we have been consumers long before we worked in this industry, right? We both born and raised in Kentucky. Were you not a bourbon consumer? Did you drink vodka? Is this just now coming out? No, no, no. no but I mean, I've been in the industry. Quite a long time. Yeah, but you're also so, really old. I don't I don't drink Cosmopolitans
3: <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, get out of here. Just keep, keep, keep talking. So, Just do what you do. No,
4: we were bourbon drinkers before we came into the industry, and then we fell in love with the history and the operation and the people and all the things we've been talking about. But for us, you know, we have 44 years combined of – seeing what works, maybe seeing things that changed, maybe for the good, maybe not for the good. Um, So it's not about being innovative to be innovative or traditional to be traditional. We just want to make whiskey that reminds us of why we fell in love with the industry to begin with. We want to make the whiskeys we fell in love with 20 years ago. And I think for us, when we designed this operation, it was funny, the first meeting we had with the architects... We came in, guns a-blazing. We wanted the cookers to go here, and these are the temps we want to get to, and here's how we're going to set the fermenters, and here's where they are going to go. And then Mike Sherman, here's what the still we want. And then the architect said, well, what do you want it to look like? And we said, we don't care. That's your job. Like, here's what we want the operation to be. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, it has been so much about optimizing flavor at every touch point from the agriculture you choose to the process. And we've spent careers studying that and understanding that. And most of the time we'll still put our consumer hat on first of what do we want to drink at the end of the day? And so that's, I mean, and we have a lot of dreams. Like there are whiskeys our kids will launch, right? I mean, there will be things. This is not a quick industry, So there are things I get emotional sometimes when we plan something for 30 years down the road and God, I hope we make it long enough for that to happen, but that it'll be our daughters, right? Megan and B or Colin standing up talking about these whiskeys. So, I mean, that's it. I wish I could tell you it's going to be X, Y, Z. And we have mash bills and we have all that. And it's really geeky and processy, but when you taste it, you're gonna you're gonna care that we cared so much about the process and the choices we made.
0: Listen, I'm hearing a lot of marketing slogans. Is it? Oh my God! I mean, what what did what did she? Does that s- mean bullshit? No, or, okay. I no. It's like legitimate. No, you know, it, it's it's a marketing slogan, but it's it's something that's coming. It's coming from a real based uh, perspective. I mean, you're talking about what's what struck with me was. Making what did what did you say? Making bourbon? How you fell in love with that reminds
4: sp- us of why we fell in love. See with it to begin with.
0: I mean that's that's legit right there. I mean that's. Uh, Denny, I'm in love with this. I just
4: hope Denny doesn't fuck it up, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and there, there are so many things I could say right now. Say them. No. Go. I mean it's. <laughs> Uh, be careful Denny I feel like she's she's baiting you she is absolutely absolutely setting me up there's no doubt about it yeah no I mean you know pretty much everything she said I mean I think too it's in you know for us it's it's the ability to make all of our decisions right good or bad and live by it be transparent about it adjust to it or not you know depending on how you feel um And so that's a big part of it, too, is just we don't know. Like, we've never done this before. We spend a lot of time in the industry, but we're not, you know, we we say it all the time. We're not entrepreneurs. We're not. We're whiskey people. We're whiskey people. We know how to make whiskey. We know how to taste whiskey. We know how to drink whiskey. We know how to play around with whiskey. But, I mean, by definition, though, we are not entrepreneurs. So it's we're just kind of jumping into this and hoping we do a couple things that, people like because we're going to do what we like. Um, And hopefully other people like what we do. And there's going to be some things, I'm sure, that they're going to be like, what the hell were they thinking? And I'll be like, that was Jane's idea. Uh, Um, Well, we've
4: giggled about the things the accountants would never have let pass. And it's been interesting. When the distillery budget came back and it was almost double what we thought it would be, (laughs) You get real clear real quick about what you care about. And luckily, we were super aligned on the priorities. It's like, I don't need a fancy sink, but what I do need is a really good cooker, right? I don't, We don't need it to be hand-laid stone, but I'd like to put the, the warehouses north to south to let the sun hit the widest part of the warehouse over the day for more microclimates. Like, it. It became really clear on the choices, and luckily, we never fought each other on any of those choices. Like it was about quality of juice, and the rest, who cares?
5: Yeah.
0: Other than I, I, the one thing I know that you liked is Jaybo's.
4: Oh my God, that lamp!
0: Lamp uh, is going to have to be somehow featured in.
1: in I, if
4: the, we if we could have it on loan, like we're a museum, we would. Put a plaque with your name on it and everything. We can tell a story about your uncle.
1: It's a special lamp, but it would be extra special to me if you all wanted that lamp in your distillery.
4: You can't dangle this because, Denny, (laughs) I will take you up on it. Yeah, look good in the doubler room. Oh, my gosh. It really would. I will hand deliver it to you. Next to the Ms. Pac-Man machine. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, we're going to take another break and come back and uh, I say wrap it up, but, man, I, I feel like we... I feel like we still got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, stick around. We got more with Denny and Jane coming your way on two shots on a barrel. Exciting news for Two Shots on a Barrel. We have a brand new sponsor. Hey, this is Jim Bowe for Two Shots. Good Buddies Brewing Company, our newest sponsor. I got to tell you, they have it going on. Located in the heart of the bourbon country right here at 120 West Martin Luther King Avenue in Lebanon, Kentucky. All kinds of great craft Pours, including many concoctions put together by master crafter Ray Osborne. He's also assisted by his beautiful bride, Beth Osborne. They are the newest and brightest in micro craft breweries in good old Kentucky. Make sure you go out to their Facebook page. You can easily find it at Good Buddies Brewing Company. And don't forget, when you're in town on the bourbon trail, to stop by Good Buddies Brewing Company. Again, located at 120 West Martin Luther King Avenue, Lebanon, Kentucky. Good Buddies Brewing Company. We're happy to have you as a sponsor right here on Two Shots on a Barrel.
2: Are you looking for a clean, fun podcast that you can relate to?
3: Well, we've got it for you. Cross the Line the 1524 originates out of Indiana. Former high school rivals. Now our buddies sitting around a speakeasy bar talking about common day events, common things. We keep it light, they keep it easy.
6: It's a good time. Check out Cross the Line 1524. You can find it on all the podcast apps and players. You can also check them out at
3: crosstheline1524.com or check them out on Facebook, Cross the Line
2: 1524.
6: Lisa Kearns doesn't want to just sell you a house. She wants to find you a home. If you've been thinking about making a move, she'd love to help. She knows you've got many choices when choosing a real estate agent, but not all agents are the same. Her clients are the heart of her business, and she takes pride in providing exceptional service, knowledge, and transparency while helping you navigate the real estate market. With her by your side, every step of the way, she can assist you in real estate needs that make buying and selling a smooth, enjoyable process. Call Lisa Kearns, realtor with Exit Realty Homestead, 270-402-4036.
0: It's pretty clear, Jabo. The bourbon industry has never been as strong as it is right now. A new report came out today, Jabo. Kentucky bourbon industry pumps nine billion—that is with a B—into the bluegrass state's economy each year. Nine billion dollars.
1: You know, but the, but the bourbon boom is going to bust like ten years ago. I mean, come on, hush it, people. Uh-uh. We're still we're still rolling.
0: The the people I talk to we haven't even uh, we haven't even touched no. the potential of uh, of where this thing could go. We're hanging out with our buddies uh, Denny Potter, Jane Bowie. We appreciate you guys coming in. We really do. It's been it's fun. It's been fun. a lot of fun hearing about just a little bit of everything. I love the banter between you guys. I got to tell you, brother sisters, it it, it it is. I mean, it's 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 so fun. You guys. You know, it's like I can tell you all like to gig each other, but you love each other. That clearly shows through. Then he's looking <laughs> at me like,
3: you it's damn
5: idiot.
3: <laughs> I, basically, I make a good punching bag. <laughs> that's right. I think that's, that's true. That's why this works. But
4: Michael May can say I'm an equal opportunity offender.
2: Absolutely. I mean, one thing I noticed, though, that <clears throat> nothing's changed between these two when I walked in here. <laughs> This afternoon so I mean it's it's always fun time around them too.
3: It's you know, I mean it it is and it is one of the things that we talked about before we stepped out to do this was we always recognized, especially when we were at makers, that we could get in knockdown drag out fights because we would have opposing opinions about whether it was something you know COVID related, or whether it was you know in the operation or innovation, or money to spend on barrels, yeah, money to spend on innovation barrels. You know, Jane just thought she could go buy a million dollars worth of French, <laughs> I did. and not tell anybody. Um, but I think it was always one of those things that we've been very good about calling each other out and not taking it personal. Which you know, it's one if you take any. I mean, I've been involved in a lot of leadership classes a lot of team building classes and all the other things and you know they talk about you got to have that constructive conflict um and know, yeah, i'm always like whatever i mean you know constructive conflict what is that but it is something that i think that we have naturally which is we can disagree and we can hash it out and we can make a decision and then we move on it's not it's not personal we don't look back on it um, we know as soon as we leave that meeting or that room, that this is the way we're going to go. And, and we know that's also an incredibly important as we go to build this operation, right. With 40, you know, 40 employees is us as majority owners that we are going, I mean, we already have it. Like we are going to be screaming at each other behind these doors. No doubt about it. We're already doing it. But then you walk out and you're high fiving, you're mm-hmm. given the message. You're like, all right, here's what we're gonna do and we want you all to come along with this. And I mean I think that was a big one. I don't I mean, I didn't want to go do this with somebody that was gonna be a yes person. Right. Without a doubt. And Jane is the furthest thing from a yes person that I've ever been around. So um yeah. So there is that banter, but it's it's all day every day. Like this is just we I mean the whole drive up, we rode together from Bardstown and I mean for fifteen minutes. I can't remember what we were arguing about. <laughs> <laughs> it was something um, <laughs> oh, it it well, was war. We were talking about like war and
4: that Gaza. Was, no, that and was all this, the, that was yeah. this morning. I, can't I think remember. it was a Bonnie Raitt song this uh, this <laughs> afternoon.
3: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah.
4: Um, but no, and you asked about the the story we told at the ground our T shirts at the groundbreaking.
5: Oh yes. Mm-hmm.
4: We also love to be mean to each other, or I guess prank each other. So. Should I tell the story? Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
3: thanks, guys. So, (laughs) um,
4: one of the first days we drove the property, there are deer everywhere, and we got to do this. There are coyotes too. Like part of our construction crews, like we bring our coyote calls out, and they just come running. I'm like, I want to see that. But one of the first days we're out driving. The grass is tall. Do you want to tell what happened and then I can tell the follow up story? No, I want to, I can, no, I want
3: to hear I your get, version. I can
2: tell Denny's so excited. <laughs> I want to, no, I want to hear her version. I
4: mean, oh so my God, who
3: knows? You know, I probably got out, slit the damn thing's throat, you know, did all know. that, like let it bleed so out. Denny's driving. Denny,
4: has, uh, uh, <laughs> Denny drives a Ford F 150 Raptor. Okay. So it's a big truck. He drives it okay. So, um, We're riding in this truck in the grass on part of the the farm, and and it's you know deer season. Like there are baby deer everywhere. Oh,
3: the grass is above the hood of my truck.
4: And there's four of us in this truck: Uh, myself, Denny, um, our friend and lawyer Jim Willett, and um, Cody. Cody, yeah, Cody, who is our kind of bank contact. And we're riding along. Yes, good friend. Cody's from Texas. Um, I grew up Lake Cumberland area with a dad who hunted. You know, Jim likes to hunt. Denny's the only kind of non-hunter in the truck is what I would say. So, I'm not
3: opposed to it. I just
4: don't do it. So we're... I, I, I played a lot of sports. Denny's like nervously driving this truck like I'm going to hit a deer. And we're like, it's fine. No, I've... I've
3: verbally said that because i see this deer bounding through the field and
4: i'm like it was majestic they were so happy on this untouched piece of land well and
3: the other thing too we didn't own this property yet they didn't know that we were driving this property though it was hamilton sims it was
4: hamilton, who was dixon deadman's father-in-law which yeah. is hilarious um and suddenly so he's like oh my gosh i'm so scared i'm gonna hit a deer and all of a sudden you're boom, boom. he's like what did i just hit and we all had the windows down, and you hear this. <laughs> and I look back, and there are spotted legs in the air. And then he's like, did I hit Did I hit a baby? And instead of, like, making it feel better, I'm like, hell yeah, you did. <laughs> I said, and you got to turn around and go back over it. Because nobody's got it. Like, this thing's going to die. Like, go put it out of its misery. He's like, I can't, I can't. So we get in this huge fight about... Whether or not we need to drive over this baby deer, this fawn, the lawyer and the banker are just trying not to laugh, and everyone's uncomfortable because we're fighting in the truck. And I'm like, I'll do it, you know. And it's so we finally turn around. Who knows? The deer, I'm sure, died. It's Darwinism. It's fun. So fast forward, um, fast forward a few weeks, and we have our first. Kickoff meeting, project meeting on the farm. And Denny ended up having something come up. And instead of canceling the meeting, he's like, You go on. It's just a kickoff to show them the land. Um, I don't need to be there. So it's Donald Blanco, it's a couple of his engineers. That's Gen- a project. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're in the meeting and they're like, We have to have a project name for this thing. Like, you know, what do you want it to be? So, fast forward that night, we get our very first email kicking off what would become Potter Jane, and what is your subject line
3: said Project Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even read the email. I, I called her up, and I was like, are you shitting me?
4: Like, don't miss the fucking meeting. Yeah, I was like, there's no
3: way. Like, Project Bambi, are you kidding me? So now everything, every blueprint, every construction drawing, every project oh, header, Donald Blinko, you name it, is Project Bambi. Donald
4: Blinko, like, has Bambies on every, like, he has deer drinking whiskey with a cravat. It's like, it's Love it's it. amazing. Love it. Like I wanted to name the poor brand. Oh, I wanted poor like, Danny. I wanted to name the distillery Fallen Fawn Distilling. Oh
3: yeah, no. So so yeah. So we the lost. We fawn. Are, we are working with this creative team, which it's two guys out of California that are friends, and, and they are friends. But we had worked with them; they were a lot like us. They had worked for a much larger uh, creative agency, and they left before we had left Makers. So when we left, they called us up and said, "Hey." man, we would love, you know, we would love to rep you guys. We'd love to help you create, you know, your distillery identity. I think identity, they say your you're brand.
4: idiots. We want to create your brand. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we're like, so,
3: but, yeah, well, I mean, like, but what are you guys working on? Like, who, how, how many clients do you have? Like, well, we've got one, you know, primary client. And I'm like, ugh. Well, okay. Well, who is that? They're like Metallica. I'm like, oh shit, okay.
4: Not the whiskey. The actual album. Yeah. Like they had so worked. The ba- with, yeah, they had worked with Metallica for like 20
3: years. So anyway, so they, you know, they they're involved in trying to name the distillery, and so you know, you do all these things where they, basically they just they flew to Kentucky to spend two or three days with us. And, you know, just to listen to us go back and forth, ask us questions, and then they go back to California. And literally, the very first round of naming was all about me killing this dude. <laughs> <laughs> Every bit of it. And he's and like, I was have like, you been
4: talking to them without me? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm like,
3: <laughs> do you guys really think you're going to get paid for this? Like, this, <laughs> this ain't happening. Like, this I, is not happening. Fallen Fawn. If we ever have a uh, bar,
4: we're naming it The Lost Fawn. The Lost Fawn. I mean... It, <laughs> It's happening, it's happening. Oh, that is so fun.
0: I love it, Michael. May you're chomping at the bit over there yeah. about something.
2: So that, that waiting waiting yeah. Go ahead. Their, um, release of Updog. Oh God. <laughs> so one day Denny, Denny <laughs> texts me and he's like, "Hey, can you come to the office?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <clears throat> I walk in and he's dead serious, and he is. I mean, just has this look on his face like something has went down in HR world. And uh, I was like, hey, man, what, what's going on? And he's like, man, I don't know. I, we've got this, it's it's kind of like Up Dog. And I sat there for a minute, and I'm like, this blank look on my face. And I said, Up Dog? He goes, yeah, Up Dog. Okay. What? Denny, what the hell is Up Dog? Not much, dog. What's up with you? <laughs> God, <laughs> and I'm not- like, Denny's the king of dad jokes, right? So, <laughs> So now there's this running rumor joke meal that, um, they're going to release.
4: Oh, he got me good in a meeting, and I was trying to be yep. serious, and I was so mad. I was, she was so mad. I had steam coming <laughs> out of my
2: ears. Oh, she comes
3: in because we were, you know, during COVID, we started. We had daily meetings, and I'm never on because we I mean, basically, it's just kind of disaster planning. You're trying to figure out, you know, Michael's running around trying to figure out who showed up in what department. What do we need to do? Do we have enough to run there all a the bottling right? like, weekend? So we literally would have, you know, these these daily meetings and. I can't, yeah, Jane walks in, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I just, I heard about, you know, Sazerac just was t- talking about releasing this up dog, <laughs> and she's like, what's up, dog? I said, not much, dog, what's up with you? She's like, I hate you, I hate you, that's so stupid. Was so, she was so mad, I'm like, oh, that is a treasure right there. You know what the funny part of
2: this is? Only two people on the whole campus fell for it, and they're both sitting in <laughs> <at> this <laughs> room. No. right here.
4: So what's That's funny? True. So what's funny is Denny would be like, "It's up dog to am Like, it's not fucking up dog to selling.
3: <laughs> what a great name! So, up dog bottled in bond. So <laughs> yeah.
4: But so okay, for Denny turned fifty last May, and we decided to do a trip for your birthday, and it was my husband and a couple of friends. Actually, there were eight of us, I yeah. think. And so for his fiftieth birthday, I have Jamie, who's our creative guy create a hat that is Up Dog Distilling. And I got them made for the trip, just eight hats, and it has Denny's cell phone number on it, like a gas station. such a good hat. It's it, how it's
5: many,
3: so, oh my God, I bet at least 100 people, like people you don't know, they'll see the hat, they're like, that is a cool hat. Like, where's that It's distillery? got like a and hound like, dog.
4: Denny well, kind of looks like a hound it's dog. It's in Bardstown.
3: It says right there, it's in Bardstown.
4: So I wanted the dog to look like Denny. And it just says Up dog distilling with, and Denny's like, "What number?" Someone, oh, Jim's like, "What number is that?" I'm like it's Denny's cell phone. He's like, "Are you kidding me? Don't lose this
3: hat." Yeah, we're yeah, we we're down in the keys. I'm like, "Nobody lose your damn hat. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody lose your hat." Did Did you hear
0: what how Jane described Denny just a second ago? Did you Did you hear what she said? He looked like she said Denny kind of looks like a hound dog. <laughs> hound dog.
4: Oh, I do that in my brain. Everyone's an animal. Like. <laughs>
3: Not my behavior, <laughs> but yeah, whatever. I look, yeah.
4: I mean, like a bat, like you're kind of you'd lay around and mope like a basset hound. I think. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Michael May, am I've I've I got, wrong? I've
3: got the personality of a basset hound. What? Do you, I mean, you're like a chihuahua though, like right, like nipping in everybody's heels.
4: <laughs> I'll take it. I'm all right. I think I'm more like a great dane, but whatever.
0: Can, can, can me and j just come over one day a week and hang out with yes, you guys? please. I mean, yes. Yes. we, just, we, we, need we just want to come over and just kind of we hang out.
4: We love talking to oh. people that aren't <laughs> each
3: other. And nobody knows how to handle us because we act the same way no matter who's around. And people are always, you know, the first... Are you guys okay? Do you the, need yeah, counseling? Yeah, the first hour, they're like, what is going on here? And I'm like, what's wrong with you all? They're like, you guys are fighting so much. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even close. We're, we're actually having fun. We enjoy you being here. Awesome. i mean
0: i i I can remember like it, it, the um uh, the field party I mean that's it was it, it's not it's not put on that's that's you guys
3: I mean you all were doing it that day oh yeah no I it's, mean. it's nonstop we can't help it it's funny because if we're not doing that the other one's like what's wrong yeah what's, what's wrong did I do something wrong well, when like, if, we're, if, we're, if we're not ripping each right. other it's literally like did I do something wrong we like, only talk mad?
4: nice about each other behind our backs like it's yeah so I it's probably it was
0: probably hard to say when I asked the question about what is Jane, you know, what this what quality does she bring and vice versa. No, I mean I
2: think <laughs> it's a li-
3: it's a little hard. I mean it, uh, We
4: also want to win and be successful. Yeah.
3: I mean that there is that part too. Like I yeah. mean, we're both hyper competitive. I mean, I think it's just who oh, we are and how we are. And I we think- have a
4: death bet. We have we've had bets over the years. That Potter, that Heaven Hill select stock was a bottle I'd been waiting. You lost a bet to me in 2009. And I'd been waiting to collect on a bottle for a decade. This bottle comes out. It was supposed to be like Potter's pick. out of.
3: So you got to go. Let's go back in time a little bit. So not that far. Let's say, you know, it's 2018 and it was bourbon affair. So each, December, so I'm at Heaven Hill and, um, each distillery would do a, like a different experience, and so we we were taking people around to like three different warehouse sites, just rolling barrels out and letting them taste right out of the barrel. Right, so there was this. We roll into the Shinley operation where we have um, warehouses where they have warehouses over there. Pop open this weeded bourbon barrel that is 16 years old, I think, at the time, and you got to remember it went in at 125 proof. It was 99 proof on barrel strength. Right. It is the best liquid from a barrel I've ever had straight out of the barrel. And I'm tasting it for the first time in front of this group of people, and there's probably 40 people with this group, the the first group. And everybody felt the same way. Like Bill Thomas, who owns Jack Rose in D.C., came up to me. He's like, I want to buy that barrel. you got to sell me that barrel. And I'm like, dude, there's no way. Like I don't even know. So anyway, um, they decided that we were going to release that as a select stock at Heaven Hill and call it Potter's Pick. Well, then, you know, my dumb ass leaves and goes back to Maker's Mark before that happens. And they still wanted to release it. They just obviously couldn't call it Potter's Pick. And so I knew they were going to release it. And I was all fired up about it because I'm like, this is such good juice. And that's when she decides to call the bet.
4: I'm like, this is the Uh, bottle I want.
3: (laughs) Because I had somebody, I'm like, can, you, can I get a bottle? Like, I'll pay for it, and I did, you know, I paid for it and all the other stuff, and uh, because you know, when you when you, when you hop from one to the other, you can't, you're not going to get free liquid. Anyway.
4: Well, and I and
3: so James like, I want that bottle. I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I don't want you to have this bottle. She's like, I want that bottle, and I'm like, oh my god.
4: And it was a bet we made at a bar in Notting Hill in London. We were at the Whatever. Portobello Star. Whatever. I'll never You've forget
3: it. One bet. I know. I never.
4: I am never right. I am never right. So I fully intended to share this bottle with him. And then COVID happened and my family relocated. We went to the Outer Banks for like three weeks. I mean, I packed up a whole blending lab, my brother and his kids. So one night. I'm I was like, at the distillery. <laughs> so one night, I'm like, Michael got, was there with me. I'm like, <laughs> I've got this Heaven Hill Select stock. It was like 97 proof. My brother and my husband and I drank it in one sitting it was the most amazing whiskey and i texted dan i was like i'm so sorry i didn't save you any because we drank <laughs> i'm an asshole that makes me seem really bad The story let's never well, tell this story again
5: no
3: yeah nobody's gonna listen right you just put it out on the airwaves and you deserve all the scrutiny <laughs>
0: wow
1: good stuff man
0: oh my gosh it's gonna be a fun ride for for you guys i can tell I'm excited because listen, the the fun ride everybody we get to join on that fun ride because, you know, uh we we get to be the benefactors, J Bo.
1: Yes, and, and they're neighbors now. They're a little closer. Yeah, you're like eight miles away. Yeah, I mean it's very yeah, it's really close. It's great.
0: And maybe this is a little bit in the weeds, but it's maybe somebody's out there thinking, you know, I know these guys uh, know what they're doing. I know they're going to put out a great uh, bottle of of bourbon. But sometimes when when people are thinking, yeah, but it's going to cost me more than I'm going to be able to afford. Is it is it too much in the weeds right now to say what can I expect once that that bottle comes out?
4: We hate. Man, I'm so glad you asked. We this. hate fuck you pricing. Oh, we so, do, too. Thank you. Um, Just
3: because you can doesn't mean you should. And it, Amen.
4: And, and I think, you know, again, I still think we're consumers first. And so it's thinking about how can you put out a great product that people can afford and then they can buy again. And, I mean, that's – we really, yeah, we feel pretty passionately about this one. We
3: do. I mean, it's, you know – It's one of these things too, and and we get it. Listen, you know the craft movement and what it's done for the industry is, you know, one of the huge reasons why we're seeing the boom that we see. Right, like just the interest, the creativity, and all the other things.
4: And when you source, you pay more. Like I get it. It's it's,
3: but when you look at these heritage distillers, right? Whether it's you know Jim Beam or Maker's Mark or Heaven Hill or Sazerac or all the others. The quality that you get for price should never be taken for granted like like look at makers makers is a six year old product that goes for twenty six twenty seven dollars a bottle they that shouldn 't hurt them right like so it's it 's this whole we got and not not that we, but our whole thing is you know judge our liquid how you want to judge it like we're we 're going to put the best liquid we possibly can in that bottle, and the price is going to be the price. Don't judge us by quality because our price isn't dollars right? Like, if we're putting out a 30 to $40, 6 to 7 to 8-year-old, give it a shot. Like, just because the pricing's a little bit lower than what you might see out on the shelf, we can promise you the quality of that liquid's going to be good. And we might even be lower than that. Like, we are dead... Well, of-
4: I mean, in six years, it'll probably... the the inflation, inflation right yeah, i mean there's some God,
3: of that but still but... i mean but that still doesn't mean that we shouldn't be a 35 or 40 dollars bottle it, i mean that to me that's it's it's what's helped get bourbon to where it is for the most part like it's this interest in price like you know i brought this heaven hill bottled in bond because this product means so much to me because when i was at heaven hill that was a six-year-old hundred proof $12 bottle of bourbon Oh wow. and had been that for decades and nobody paid attention to it because of the price nobody and so you know those are the things that we love that like we're not we're not, you know Heaven Hill obviously has other products that can help right. you know kind of stretch that out a little bit or balance that out where it doesn't have to be $12 but at the same time it's to us. It's it is a bit of a neglected category, um, not gl- not neglected by the big guys, but neglected from a quality standpoint. Like people don't judge these products. I think um, it is
4: value for money. It's the same if you go to a restaurant, or I don't mind, you know, paying ninety dollars for a sixteen-year-old And That feels like good quality to me. Mm-hmm. I know how it's made. I know what they did. So I think for us, it's just about the price and the quality feeling like good value to the consumer Mm -hmm. um, and not taking advantage of a moment where you can charge more, right? It's, it's still looking ourselves in the mirror every day and going, we gave good value to the consumer at the end of the day. And I mean,
3: and it's, you know, in the, you know, one of the main reasons why we want to do our own distillery is because we also want to take advantage of the fact that we get the benefit of our cost because we produce it. We get, you know, we get to impact our pricing because, you know, what we're our cost coming out of that barrel is going to be a lot less than if people have to source or do the other buy things. It
4: from and, and it's a so it's, it's not just
3: taking advantage of that; it's allowing the consumer to take advantage of that. It's not us taking advantage of that, and that those are the things that we want to pass along because it is important. Like for us, it is important. I mean, I think it, you know, to have a good. $30, $40, $45 bottle of bourbon on the market six, seven, eight years from now is probably going, and it could be a competitive advantage too. Um,
0: Sign me up. Can
4: I, Sign me up twice. Can I ask you all a question? Yes. Mm-hmm. A little straw poll. Mm-hmm. Cork or screw cap?
0: I like a cork. Cork. Cork.
2: Mm-hmm. I like a cork.
4: My quality heart likes a cork. My quality brain likes a screw cap.
2: You, wait, you,
1: oh
3: yeah, Michael May. What do you like? Cork. cork. I, <laughs> I mean, it's. Di- I mean, like the, the no, quality I mean, of cork that you get out now is a lot different, right? Like you look at the quality of the cork on this this Heaven Hill bottle and bond. It's much different than it used to be, but it is a debate. I mean,
0: I'll give I, you, I I'll give you. I give an example. Um, I went. I went and just. Picked, I wanted a. a a cheaper bottle of bourbon, but I wanted a what was, quote-unquote, a good bourbon. So I picked up a White Label Evan Williams bottled in Bond. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's I like it. I, I think it's a, it's a good bourbon. It, it, it's one of those, you it's screw the top off, yeah. right? But it, I think it's just... A little bit of just a mental mindset thing total mental that 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 is. the court means it's a little bit better.
5: Yeah. No. You're you
0: know. Right. It's been but, proven. But Evan Williams white label bottle and bond is a nice. It's a nice bourbon in my opinion.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's how much? I mean, what is it like a twenty two dollar bottle? Yeah. Like
4: like, like yeah. about twenty two bucks. Mean, yeah. Centauri released Yamazaki fifty five with a screw cap, which is baller. I mean. I'm in a Facebook group called I Wish screw caps Were More Posh. <laughs> I
3: need
1: to check that out.
3: But it is, Jimmy, you're right. Like, I mean, it is. I mean, we actually, we were just talking to our creative team about, you know, because we're, we're, we're kicking off already, like, what the design of packaging. Our, our packaging might mm-hmm. look like. And we had this debate with them, and they're like, this is not a new debate. Like, we, we've gone through this with other brands and, and other projects and they're like immediately from a perception standpoint, cork versus screw cap is immediately a six dollar difference. Like they are going to look at a seven fifty with a cork as being at a min I mean like their perception of value is that's worth six dollars more mm-hmm. than a screw cap, no matter what mm-hmm. liquid is in the bottle. So mm-hmm. But the I mean, first
4: thing I do when I open a thirty year old Scotch here we go. is I decant it into a basic bottle with a screw cap from oxidation purposes. It's interesting, right? Well, I mean, yeah, the,
3: the especially the older bottles with cork. How many times have you opened them and it yes. just snaps off or the cork falls down? And yeah, and the I mean, whiskey
4: it, oxidizes quickly. Because yeah. Of, yeah, I
3: agree. I mean, I, I I do think I can't believe I'm going to say cork technology. Has improved drastically. My, how you've changed. Last... You've moved yeah. across
4: the aisle on this one. It's such yeah. a bipartisan issue. Cork <laughs> <laughs>
3: technology. Cork. Should, should be Quark. part of a dating profile. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh,
3: Re- regardless, like, know, There's
4: not enough hours in the day to go into this one. Oh,
0: regardless, if, you know, I, yeah, I get the whole, it is a mindset thing with the cork thing. It is, and, um, but, and, but But some people can't get past that. No, and so they're is. like, oh, this one's better because no, it's, it's got a cork. Yeah, price you know? is
3: the same. I yeah. mean, it, it is. I mean, you know, price is the same. Age can be the same. Um, it just feels it more sophisticated. But, it, but it's real. You know? It feels it's like the cork. they care. It, it is real. Yeah. Yeah. No. Perception is real. We
4: don't think there's a right answer. We're just, or I'm not even going to say we. I won't make it. I am always just curious
0: because it's but I will say this, you know, if, if people if people get past that and 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 it ultimately is about the juice, right? It's ultimately about the juice. And so if if the juice is legit, I don't give a damn if it's a cork or a screw. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But just that getting in the door kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're
3: absolutely you're one million percent right. If you can get in the door, and then sell people on the juice, then then it doesn't matter. Maybe our maybe
4: our like forty fifty dollars cork, and then maybe when we release something old that's like five hundred dollars, it's just like here's a brown paper bag and a screw cap. I love it.
1: Well, listen, I
0: I, I'm going to be first in line. Absolutely. Because.
1: We want to have a bunch of your bottles in here to replace some of these
5: others.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: hell yeah!
0: I mean, you guys, we'll hook you up for sure. You guys, I mean, the, Jesus Christ! I mean, the history, the legacy is there, and now it's it's the rebirth. It's it's the start, the origin yeah. of something new and exciting.
3: It is, and it. I mean, you know, just imagining, like, right, like our liquid up, you know, mm-hmm. on your old shelf there. Um it's so hard for us to imagine that right now. We can't wait to get there, but there you know there's so many things we are focused on and just building the distillery and trying to take this step by step, but I mean I can't I mean I just can't even imagine walking in and seeing something that's you know called uh, you know Danny Porter bottled in bond that is just you know all about me and my alter ego. <laughs> You know what I can't. That
4: really will be in a brown paper bag with a screw cap.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
3: You got the ultimate eyebrow on that one. Buddy. Oh yeah, that that will be a twelve. How many eyebrows day? you get a day? Oh, Jen, I can't. I can meddle an eyebrow. Oh, I can feel it. I don't even have to. I don't even have to see it. I feel it every time. But if I do it, oh, what what what's wrong? No, what I doing? no.
4: I don't say what's wrong. I say don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> I love, I love double standards.
3: I
5: gotta
0: say, I love you guys. Uh, you you are the. I mean, I love you guys, and I can't wait for your for your your bourbon to come out. And I cannot wait until that bottle of yet to be determined, named of Potter Jane Distilling Company and jane bowie and denny potter say to my favorite bow brother and they uh, <laughs> they they signed their autograph It'll and matter. i set it up on the shelf for everybody to see I'm
1: pretty sure that's what you did with denny last time we were
0: absolutely ready. and i'm gonna <laughs> do it again so do, it's gonna we'll have be both
1: glad of them to Do it. We'll be glad to do it. <laughs> guys thanks for coming in and hanging out with us oh, thanks oh my, for my gosh trip.
4: thank you guys for inviting us i mean we're not doing anything out in public right now so it means a lot that you give a shit about our dirt and moving it and and what's coming like it it really does
0: no we 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 love you guys we love the story we we know uh what you uh what you guys have done and you're and here's the other thing it's exciting for the folks in washington county i mean it really is you talked about it jane i mean this is this is something, the start of something really special in Washington County and and it's pretty cool. They yeah. are so lucky to have
4: you. Well we hope we do them proud. And
3: we're we're lucky to have them. Oh my I, gosh. We cannot we can say we cannot say that anymore. They've been incredible.
4: Tony Royalty is our number one man now. He's sold us the farm. He's become our best friend. We saw him today.
1: So have you met Hal B. Good
0: yet? They're in
4: Hal spring.
0: Beesman Good. I
4: don't think is this it's... a joke? Like no, I'm no, 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 no. He's like legit. legit. <laughs> He's like legit. A great name,
0: but it's he lives uh... out in East Texas. If you've if you've not been to God's country, East Texas,
4: all I can think in of Washington is smoky. county Okay, no, I think of Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, like <laughs> we're well, so
1: he, he runs G and G Productions. Okay, a, a Facebook television show. And uh, we'll have to get you guys together. Yes, Absolutely. please we'd
5: do. We love that.
1: He is a wonderful human being. Him and John Graves do yep. a great job with it. Yep, that.
0: sure do. Guys, uh, come back. We, we'd we love to have you guys back. Even just come back and let's drink some bourbon. Yeah, I mean. Deal. You, 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 we'll, we'll give you the combo to the door. If you're in town, you just come in and make yourself at home. That's and what Michael
3: yeah. May does. Michael
0: May does that. Uh-huh. He just comes in here and. Yeah, but sits, he's like.
3: He's like, you guys don't have a blender or strawberry-daiquiri mix. (laughs) So I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going getting this for him. I I mean, Michael May, he judges a good drink whether or not the whipped cream's on his nose. That's (laughs)
2: awesome. (laughs) You know,
0: Michael has always struck me as kind of a Cosmo type of guy, too. (laughs) He likes a good Cosmo. He likes those little fancy glasses. I'll be
4: honest. I think you're giving him too much credit right now. (laughs) Nothing's
0: changed. Nothing has changed. Oh, my God. You guys are awesome. That's going to do it for uh, Two Shots on a Barrel. Uh, Boy, Denny Potter, Jane Bowie, thanks so much for coming in. You guys are awesome. It's exciting. It's just going to be so much fun. And we're going to come over there and just hang out for the entertainment factor, J-Bo. All right, uh, next in the studio, Bobby Jack Murphy, a a legend in the radio business. He's going to be in here next week, so... We have all kinds of fun things coming your way on Two Shots. I'm Jimbo. I'm J-Bo. Adios, amigo.